I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14 is where we will spend our time together this morning and focusing in primarily on verses 9 through 14 as we look at this passage of Scripture together. If you're new to North River Church, I want you to know that every single week as we gather together, we sing to the Lord, we give to the Lord, and we spend time in His Word together, unpacking a text of Scripture, walking verse by verse through it together, trusting that the Lord will accomplish in our lives what He promises that He will accomplish, that His Word will not return void, that it will do exactly what it needs to do for each of us. And the problem sometimes is we don't come in expecting God to work in our lives. And I hope this morning you have come in expecting the Lord to work and to move in your life. You are prepared for that. You know, it's interesting that uh, one of the great things that cell phones have brought to us, especially nowadays, is caller ID. Because if someone calls and you have no desire to talk to them, it's interesting. You just don't answer. My favorite is Pastor Scott. Not that I don't answer him. My favorite, though, is Pastor Scott because his phone will ring and he'll look at it and he'll say, oh, it's scam likely. And I'm pretty confident that it is someone seeking to sell a car extended warranty to him, right? (laughs) They can find you wherever. Doesn't matter where you go, they can find you. But it's interesting, if you've ever had an extended warranty, they want to find you at the beginning. But then when it comes time to actually need to use it, they don't know who you are. They're not sure what you're talking about. What do you mean you have an extended warranty? We don't know what you're talking about. They want you at the beginning, and then they drop you from that point forward. It's interesting because if we're not careful in church life, we'll do the same thing. We'll share the gospel, and people will come to faith in Jesus Christ. And then we just drop them, and we move to the next person. Share the gospel with them. Them come to faith in Christ. Drop a move to the next person. And the problem is that as believers, as a church family, that is not what God has called us to do. Yes, as we talked last week, we are supposed to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. We are supposed to help them recognize and understand the only hope they have is a relationship with Jesus Christ who came, laid his life down for them, died on the cross, and rose from the grave, securing salvation for them. We have to declare that message, but we don't stop there. Because for every single believer that comes to faith in Jesus Christ, God has a plan and a purpose for them to continue growing in their relationship with the Lord. Which means if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, the same thing holds true for you. And it holds true for me that we are to be growing spiritually in our lives. And so the last week, I told you that we were going to spend four weeks together taking a break from the book of Genesis and spending four weeks together to really unpack what are we trying to accomplish here at North River Church. The three words we use every single week, we want people to know Jesus 
as their Savior. We want people, secondly, to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And then third, we want to go and tell other people about Jesus. And this morning, what I want us to focus in is that second one. What does it mean for us to grow in our relationship with the Lord? If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, that is the expectation for your life, is that you are growing spiritually. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want you to know for us, this is more than you coming to faith in Jesus Christ. This is you coming to faith in Jesus Christ and continuing to grow in your relationship with Him. So this morning, I want us to look at Colossians chapter 1 and I want to read the text for us, and as we do each week, we'll walk back through it together. And this is what Paul writes to the group of believers in Colossae, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world and is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow beloved servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Father, we ask this morning that You would open our eyes that we would be able to see. You would open our ears that we would be able to hear. That you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together in the text. And if you don't remember anything else this morning, I want you to remember this truth. Every follower of Jesus should be growing in their relationship with him. Every follower of Jesus should be growing in their relationship with him. 
And this morning, what we see is Paul emphasizing that to this group of believers as he's writing this letter to them. If you look at the first two verses, Paul is simply detailing, reminding them of who he is and the reason that he is sending this letter to them. It says he's an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And Timothy, his brother, is with him. And he says, this is to the saints and the faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, a standard greeting that Paul gives, grace to you and peace from God our Father. And then in verses 3 through verse 8, Paul is going to celebrate what Christ has done in their lives. As he's writing this to them, word has spread that this group of believers in Colossae have come to faith in Jesus Christ, and he's radically transformed their lives. And Paul is going to celebrate the work of the gospel in their lives and share with them that it's happening like that throughout the known world at that point. He says in verse 3, we thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Notice verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. He says again of this, you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world and is bearing fruit and is increasing as it does among you. Paul says the gospel of Jesus Christ was proclaimed to you and you received the truth that you were a sinner in need of a savior and you trusted Jesus Christ as your savior and he transformed your life. You know Jesus Christ. And Paul says what's amazing is that not only do you know Jesus Christ, but the gospel message is being proclaimed in the world at this point, and other people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And if you take note, he says to them as well, and the gospel is continuing to spread in your location. And more people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul is celebrating that in these first verses here. And church family, I want us to know that we should celebrate the gospel of Jesus Christ at work in our lives and in the life of this community and around the world. As we sit here this morning, there are people today coming to faith in Jesus Christ realizing that they are separated from God because of their sin and the only hope they have is Jesus Christ who paid for their sin on the cross and they place their faith and trust in him for salvation. And that's the message we know that we are called to share and we'll talk about that more next week. But I want you to notice that Paul, as he's talking about this prayer, he doesn't say, now great, you're done. So glad you're saved. So glad you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Good job. Check the box. Just wait till he comes back. He doesn't say that. In fact, if you notice here, he's going to actually, in verses 9 through 14, after he shared what the gospel has done in their lives, and those that the Lord had used like Epaphras to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, he's going to say, now, here's what's next. The reality is we don't meet Jesus Christ as our Savior and then just stop. In fact, Paul is going to say here, we should be, as followers of Jesus, growing 
in our relationship with Him. Notice that in verse 9, if you're taking notes, write down this first truth that we see. We're going to have four as we walk through verses 9 through 14 together and really zoom in on these verses. But the first truth in verse 9, spiritual growth is a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Spiritual growth is a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Notice what Paul says. And so, from the day we heard, the day we heard what? Well, he just talked about it. The day we heard that you came to faith in Jesus Christ. When we heard that, notice what he says. We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Some of your translations say that you would be filled with all wisdom by the Holy Spirit of God at work within you. The focus that Paul is about to outline is you're not done once you come to faith in Jesus Christ, that you are to be growing in your relationship with Him. So the natural question is, how do we do that? How do we grow in our relationship with the Lord? Well, Paul begins by saying the starting point is not you at all. The starting point is the Holy Spirit of God at work in your life. What's interesting is that Jesus, when he left, ascended to the Father and As Pastor Cody talked about this morning, is at the right hand of God making intercession on our behalf. Before he left, he said, I need to leave so that I can send a helper to you. That helper is the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within the life of every single believer. And if you think about it this way, when a couple of years ago after the hurricanes and some of those things, my wife said to me, you know, we probably need a generator at our house. So, just told you a few weeks ago, uber cheap right here, right? So, I'm driving through a neighborhood one day, yard sale, and I see sitting at the curb, generator. I'm like, there's our generator. So, I get out, I go in, I say, uh, you know, hey, tell me about this generator. The guy says, I bought it and it doesn't work. And I said, oh, no, thank you. I said, how much is it? <laughs> right? How much? And he said, um, he said well, I got, I got $100 on it. And I said, how about 60 He said, sold for a non-working generator, right? I mean, he made out on this thing. So I, anyway, figured out that the problem was likely the, the carburetor. So ordered it online, got it in, changed it out, fired up the generator. It's running just like it's supposed to. $60 generator. I made out, right? Except the problem with generators is you got to run them consistently, right? And so in my mind, I'm like, Michael, you, you've got to make sure that you are cranking it up at least once a month, running some gas through it, that kind of thing. So tried to do that as best I could, went out there about a month ago, pulled the cord, guess what? Doesn't crank. And I'd shut the fuel line off. I, I'd done everything I was supposed to, like I knew, like there was nothing wrong with this generator. Pull the cord, wouldn't crank. Pull the cord, wouldn't crank. Put it up, said, I'll check it out later. Came the next week, pulled the generator out, 
Once again, pull the cord, doesn't work. And then it hit me. I don't know if it has gas. (laughs) Unscrew the cap, look in, bone dry. No gas. It needed fuel to actually do what it was supposed to do. I tell you that, not to tell you how cheap I am or that you need a generator, but to tell you that the fuel in the generator is what makes the generator run in the same way that the Holy Spirit of God at work in our lives is necessary for us to grow spiritually the way that we're supposed to. And if you notice here, Paul says that that is the starting point. From the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray, asking that the Holy Spirit of God would fill you with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and insight. We are desperately in need of the work of the Spirit of God in our lives. If we hope to grow spiritually, the Holy Spirit is the fuel that allows us to grow spiritually in our lives. Not only that, if you notice, Paul continues, we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but notice the second truth, spiritual growth is pleasing to the Lord and evident to others. Notice verse 10, so this is the reason that we need the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. The word walk there means that our lives would be characterized by a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Notice he doesn't stop there though. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Notice, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, it makes sense for us. Like, we know that as followers of Jesus that we should be growing in our relationship with Him, and that's fueled by the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, transforming us, conforming us, making us more like Jesus Christ Himself. And we know that that is pleasing to the Lord, but if you notice, not only that, but it also is evident outside of us. Did you notice that? He said, bearing fruit in every good work. The Holy Spirit of God is at work in our lives and is causing there to be fruit that is evident, not just for us to know that we're in Christ, but for people outside of us to know that we are in Christ. You know, there's two types of people that you don't have to ask them who they are or what they do. The first one is people who do CrossFit. You don't have to ask them. They will what? Tell you or post about it or invite you to come with them and kill yourself at their gym so that they get kudos, right? You don't have to, you don't have to ask them that. You know who the second group is? Grandparents, Right? You don't have to ask them if they're grandparents. They will voluntarily tell you, I'm a grandparent. Look, right? Pull their phone out. Look at my grandkids. 
In fact, my parents and my grandmother are here this morning. And, and listen, you, you don't even have to ask them. They will let you know. Not that I'm Michael's parents, but I'm Anna and Leah's grandparents, right? But the same thing should be true in our lives as followers of Jesus. Not only is walking in a manner worthy of pleasing the Lord, but also that others around us would not even have to ask but would see the fruit of the Spirit of God at work in our lives and know there is something different about them. For us as a faith family, that is what God has called us to do. That as we engage in this community, that as we're growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ and engage with people at the restaurant or the grocery store or the gas station or on the ball field or wherever it may be in school, That people are looking at us and seeing the fruit of God that's evident in our lives. That we are growing in our relationship with the Lord and people around us see that. That's what Paul says here for this group of believers. Yes, it's wonderful that you came to faith in Christ, but you're not done. Continue growing in your relationship with Him. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to continue to fuel that growth in your life. Let that growth be such that it is pleasing to the Lord, but it is also evident to those who are outside. He doesn't stop. If you notice in verse 11, we see the third truth here. Spiritual growth is a lifelong journey that requires endurance and patience. Notice what Paul writes. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. Notice. For all endurance and patience with joy. Why does Paul write that? Why would Paul, as he's talking about growing in our relationship with the Lord, the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, making it possible for us to be pleasing to the Lord and also our fruit to be evident to those around us, why does he throw that in the mix and say, and that you would have the power to continue with endurance and patience? Here's why. Because growing spiritually is not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy for us to grow in our relationship with the Lord. In fact, if you notice what he says, we need all endurance and patience with joy. Spiritual growth is a lifelong process. You never graduate. You never get done and sit back and say, man, I arrived. Like spiritual growth meter, I'm at the top and I get to quit. doesn't work that way. In fact, it is in every single moment of every single day, part of the life of a believer is growing in our relationship with the Lord. There's a pastor by the name of Zach Eswine and talking about spiritual growth, this is what he said. It's doing small, mostly overlooked things over a long period of time. 
The problem is what's celebrated oftentimes in church life is the big flashy things that happen really fast. That's not the way spiritual growth works, at least not in Paul's economy. He says we need power to walk through this with endurance and with patience. Two of the ways that we've shared with you since I don't know how long now that we as a church family seek to help you grow spiritually. Certainly there's personal spiritual disciplines in our lives, spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer. There's things that we have the opportunity to participate in what God is doing both in our world around us, but in our lives personally. But two of the ways for us as a church family that we feel like we can help you. One is plugging into life groups where you move from sitting in rows to sitting in circles and doing life together. And the other is serving. And this is where it's going to hit home. Serving with toddlers, you know what that takes? Endurance, patience. Amen? But so does every other aspect of our lives as believers. We look at that and we go, Pastor, that makes sense. I get that. But the same thing holds true as we spend time in God's Word. The same thing holds true as we interact with other believers in a life group. You know what it takes sometimes in a life group? You got to listen to somebody talk that needs to stop talking, right? You're like, brother, we heard you the first time you said it. Now we're on number 10. You need endurance. You need patience. But you need that as you are interacting with other believers. But here's the thing. Other believers need that because they have to interact with you. Your spouse needs that. Amen. Right? Elbow your spouse and say, he's talking about you right now. Need patience, need endurance. And that is not self manufactured, it is the power of God at work in us for us to continue to move forward in our lives as believers, to continue to wake up and to spend time in God's Word, to continue to show up on Sunday mornings and serve, continue to meet with your group throughout the week. It takes endurance and patience to continue growing spiritually. You know, in fact, it's really, really boring when you think about it. In the same way that you'll hear financial advisors talk about investing. The eighth wonder of the world, compound interest. If you just put money in consistently over a long period of time, you'll end up with millions of dollars. Unless you put it in 20 years ago and you're looking at it today, right? Your 401k is a 201k, right? But that's what they tell you. Consistent investment over a long period of time. You know what's funny? It's the same thing in our lives spiritually. Continuous investment over a long period of time, mostly overlooked things done consistently for years upon years upon years. And you know what happens? Through all endurance and through patience, we continue to grow spiritually. I want you to notice in verses 12 through 14, 
We see the fourth and final truth as Paul is outlining this desire for these believers to continue to grow spiritually. It's this truth, spiritual growth is grounded in the hope of the gospel. I want you to notice verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. It's kind of puzzling when you think about it why Paul would end there until you realize that Paul is grounding The hope of us growing spiritually, not in the fact that one day you're going to get there. And then you get to wear the badge of fully mature follower of Jesus from that point forward and say to everybody, hey, look, see my badge? I grew spiritually. I'm done now. What he says is it's grounded that you have been accepted by Jesus Christ Not because of what you do, but because of what Christ has done in you. Your acceptance in the eyes of God is not because you're growing spiritually. Your acceptance in the eyes of God is because you have been saved from your sin by Jesus Christ. Did you notice how he said it? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance in the saints. As we've traveled with our girls, one of the things that when we go to national parks we like to do is send them through the junior ranger training at the park. And it's primarily because they get a pretty cool badge that we get to put on a frame in the wall, right? We get to celebrate that. But what they do is you go in and a park ranger says, here's this book. And as you go throughout the park, you've got exercises in the book. You know, some of it's like pick up a piece of trash or, you know, describe the habitat that you're watching as you see the animals moving, those kind of things. There's things that you have to do to be able to get the badge that you can wear. And at the end, when you finish the booklet, you get to go in and, uh, and they get to swear you in as a junior ranger and you get the badge and it's a big celebration, all that. The only way we tried, I promise you, hey, can you just give us the badge? Like that's really all we're interested in. We want to put it on the wall, right? Can you just give it to us? No, 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 no. You've got to go through all of these things and then you get the badge, And if we're not careful, church, we'll think we don't get the badge until we do all of this that he's outlined, till we grow spiritually, till we arrive one day. Well, the problem is this. We already have the badge because of what Christ has done in our lives. We are already qualified in the eyes of God, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done in us, which this is the freeing part. It means that we are able to pursue spiritual growth in our lives as followers of Jesus, 
not in an effort to earn the favor of God, but from the position of already having earned the favor of God because of what Christ has done for us. We're already there. What Paul is saying is, you already won. Now live like it. You've already been redeemed. Now live like it. You've already been accepted by God. Now live like it. You've already been qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints. You've already been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. You already won. Now live like a winner because of what Christ has done for you. Pursue spiritual growth in your life as a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you're not done. You're not finished. You haven't checked the box and moved on. The reality is the Lord is set before you right now. You have the rest of your life to grow in your relationship with Him. To experience the abundant life of walking with Jesus every single day. To experience the power of the Holy Spirit of God transforming your life. Giving you new desires. Strengthening you when you have no strength in your own power to accomplish what He desires to accomplish in your life. Here's the thing. Follower of Jesus. Are you committed to growing in your walk with Him? Are you willing to allow the Spirit of God to work and bear the fruit in your life that He desires to bear so that the world around us will look and see we are His? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? You may have come in today and for you, you have never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. As we've talked all this morning about growing in our relationship with Him, the step that you need to take is to begin that relationship. To admit this morning that you're a sinner and that there's no way possible for you to earn the favor of God apart from what Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection has made possible for you. You have an opportunity this morning to receive the free gift of salvation, to place your trust in Jesus Christ alone, have your sins forgiven, to be part of the family of God. I'd encourage you this morning as we sing in just a little bit that our pastors will be down front. We'd love to share with you more about what it means to take that step. Possibly for you this morning, you got questions and I'd encourage you to fill out a connection card and we'd love to follow up with you this week. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, as we think about what God has called us to do as a church family here, we're not done. You're not done. God desires to work in your life day in and day out to bring about spiritual growth fueled by the Holy Spirit of God at work in your life day after day after day after day 
Would you this morning commit to that? That your heartbeat, your desire is to grow, to bear fruit, that it would be pleasing to the Lord and it would be evident to those in this community that we live in. Father, we ask this morning that you would work in our hearts and our lives through your word, that you would convict of sin, that you would help us see the need to continue growing as followers of Jesus Christ spiritually. God, that we would not be content to just exist as believers, but that we would have a hunger and a desire to know you more deeply and be more like you every single day. God, work in our hearts now. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.